0: As we barrel towards 2024, I'm sure you're asking yourself, how do I make sure that in this new year, I become truly the person that I want to become and I make a positive impact on the planet? There's three things. One, how do I align my intentions and my purpose with my income? The second one is how do I make sure all the scary drip feed of social media, news and information isn't veering me off my course? And then the third one that I hear a lot from people, especially these days, is I'm curious about psychedelics and psychotropics, but I'm scared of all the horror stories that I've heard. How do I reconcile this and move forward in an intelligent way? I'm going to get into this and more on the 2024 primer on the awakening protocols. Let's hop into it. So I just had somebody message me on Instagram and basically say that he wants to dive deeper down the path of really aligning his income with his purpose. He's in touch with his purpose. And I'm not going to get too much into this story just because I didn't ask for permission. I'm not going to give names. But what came up for me was I'm not a master in this. I'm still on that path, but I have learned a few things that I want to share with you when you're in touch with your purpose it's a lot easier because then it's really you meditate on it all day every day and you don't quit that's really the biggest tip is you don't quit you can quit all the steps all those incremental processes by which you think it will get you to your goal you can quit all those little things but you don't quit the ascent towards your goal meaning i thought that it was me being a writer, or I thought it was going to be me doing the social media thing, or I thought that it was going to be me taking this new job that was really going to launch me towards this feeling of feeling fulfilled, that my purpose and my income are aligned. A lot of people do not have that. And first and foremost, you need to be realistic about the fact that if you have that intention then you already know that you are in a trap that 99% of people are in. Most people have just surrendered to that trap and you're looking for a way out of it. Congratulations. And if you feel like you're at the beginning of the journey, don't fret, so do I. And I've been doing this for 15 years, really aligning my purpose with my income. The main thing is don't quit. Don't quit on the ultimate goal. However, you can cast aside all those ideas that you thought would get you to that goal. What I really think it is, is you're going to have to face a lot of pain. You're going to have to face a lot of doubt. You're going to have to face a lot of the fears that most people, they're not willing to face it. Are you willing to face it? You have to ask yourself that question. And you have to ask yourself that question consistently. And sometimes your answer is going to be, no. I'm not willing to face it. If you can, in that moment, when you say no, like it's gotten too hard, there's too many failures in your opinion, which I would say there there are no failures. The only failure is actually quitting on your goal and not going back to it. If you're saying to yourself, no, I don't have what it takes to face all the pain, all the suffering, all the self-doubt, all the trials and tribulations, all the feeling of, FOMO of what I would rather be doing. All the feelings of imposter syndrome. Everybody else is doing it. uh, It's too late. The market's too saturated. All that is nonsense. It's completely nonsense. There is never a saturation point for people who are fully aligned in their mission. Never. So get that clear. Secondly, if you ever say no, I don't think I can take it. Remind yourself in that moment. I'm willing to change my mind on this tomorrow. I'm willing to wake up and be back on course. When you quit and say, I'm never gonna try again, admit to yourself that what, Jim Fadiman says, we have a symphony of selves in our heads. Which part of you is saying that? What part of the symphony? Is it the triangle player that's saying, I do not have what it takes to really move through all this pain? You know that you do, and you know that you're just probably swimming in some of your own self-doubt. You know that you're probably, you've focused a little bit too much on people who've done it and how easy they make it look. You're allowed to say, no, I don't have what it takes. You're allowed to get to that point. And in fact, I think much of us who are still on this path and have now finally agreed that I am on this path forever, it's never going to change, I can admit that I had to have those moments of rock bottom. I really had to have those moments. Why? Because I had to realize that a few hours later, a few days later, sometimes months later, for some of you, maybe years later, you realize, fuck, if I would have not been so dramatic back then and I would have just stuck with it, I would have actually broken through that and I would be a lot farther along now because now I feel like picking it back up because we all go through these patterns, I feel like picking it back up, but I could have two years of experience behind me. This is why I'm saying, do not quit the ascent towards your goal. Always acknowledge that if you're saying, I don't have what it takes, that that's just one player in the whole symphony. Allow that player to have that moment and then allow for as soon as it wishes to naturally emerge, the rest of the symphony to come back in and show That triangle player, you have what it takes. We're going to do our part. You do your part too. But that's all I'm going to say. Do not quit. You can and you've decided you want what you're aiming at, which is your income aligned with your purpose. Just don't quit. Every single evening, meditate. How am I not on the path? What could I do that helps me get back on course? What could I do... Other than just the daily grind, day in, day out, what can I do that can move me forward? Maybe I can attract somebody into my life or go on YouTube, find some kind of guru or a whiz and study them like your life depends upon it. And then know that you might get super excited and then try it and then it doesn't work, right? Why doesn't it work? Don't quit. You're allowed to quit any of those little steps, but try them out first do not quit the ultimate path attract people into your life that make you surrounded by people who are speaking the language you eventually want to be speaking like it's your first language with that being said the second thing that i talked about in the intro was how do i make sure that this drip feed of fear mongering this fear porn that's constantly it's been pushed through news forever Now it's being pushed through social media with an accuracy that pinpoints our amygdala in incredible ways. This is not the Antichrist. Technology, social media, and news is not the problem. The problem is a misalignment between how we choose to use that information, our snap judgments, our knee-jerk reactions based upon what we see. And I'll share with you a couple examples the whole Israel-Palestine thing. I shared with you two episodes about it. That was all I wanted to say about it. But really what I did afterwards was I started listening to a lot more of the Ezra Klein podcast. And there was this one podcast where he was talking about the sermons I really need to hear right now. And it was this, I believe she's Israeli. If not, she's Jewish. And she's talking about, and she gives sermons. So the sermons that she gives is... What kind of Israel, what kind of Jewish faith do we want a thousand years from now or just a couple hundred years from now? For me, I started thinking, whoa, what is the ideal? What is the most beautiful, highest potential of Judaism in a thousand years if it starts working towards that and does not quit? That's a beautiful thing to think of. Same with the Abrahamic religions. If you are Muslim, And you don't agree with some of the ways that the greater Muslim world, let's say, pushes back against Israel or uses violence or takes um, ideas from the Quran and puts them into action. If you are not fully on board with that, but you are still fully invested in the Muslim faith, what is the highest potential of the Muslim faith? Not just in five, ten years or whenever this conflict starts to die down a little bit but in a hundred years, a thousand years, 10,000 years, and then draw that forward in line and let's start envisioning what that could look like. And I'm going to read something from Daniel Pinchbeck. Um, he set forth a possible higher vision of how we can move forward in this conflict. A visionary approach to the Israel-Palestine conflict. Number one, Israel builds a state of the art ecologically advanced city of the future for the Palestinian refugees located in the neighboring Arab countries. Perhaps it is even in Gaza itself, which could be made a part of Egypt or given its own nationhood. Recognizing the severity of accelerating climate change, this city would be designed as a concerted effort to explore best practices and apply cutting-edge regenerative and permaculture techniques, plus renewable energy systems to construct a model of survival for humanity's future. Number two, while maintaining itself as an ethno-nationalist state with a Jewish majority for now, Israel gives Palestine the right to return to their ancestral lands for one month or perhaps several months a year, setting up centers for this. Perhaps the taken lands are understood to be permanently co-owned cooperatively owned or leased from their original owner in some long-term way. In return, the Palestinians agree that the Jewish state has the right to exist. As Palestinian populations were displaced, an equal or greater number of Middle Eastern and European Jews were also displaced and need a home. Number three, Israel undertakes a large-scale initiative to use psychedelic and MDMA therapy to help both Orthodox Jews and fanatic Muslims escape the hypnosis of their entrenched ideologies. Psychedelics or MDMA-assisted psychotherapy is mandated as a treatment. That word mandated as a treatment for anyone on either side who commits acts of violence or sabotage. Perhaps it is made available universally to help process the historical trauma felt by all sides. These treatments continue until a series of psychology tests reveal a shift towards a pluralistic rather than a parochial worldview. 4. Intensive cultivation of targeted, funding, and moderating influences among fundamentalist Christian, Islamic, and Orthodox Jewish factions. This includes think tanks, for example, Zaudin Sardar's Critical Muslim Project, platforms for ongoing open dialogue, and media outlets. Number 5. Address biblical prophecy in a harmless and peaceful way by projecting a hologram of the Third Temple of Solomon above the present Dome of the Rock. This is an alternative to physically removing the Al-Aqsa Mosque which would plunge that region and the world into catastrophe. The Bible defines the dimensions of the temple, but doesn't state that it needs to be constructed out of stone or brick. Let's build it out of light, instead as a projection of humanity's collective prayer. And number six, spread analytic idealism. This scientifically coherent philosophy breaks the spell of reductive materialism. Understanding that consciousness, not matter, is foundational, idealism provides a substantive basis for recognizing the intrinsic value of the major religions. Once generally accepted, it will help people from a different religion overcome sectarian views to embrace cooperation. Idealism builds a bridge between the religious, mystical, esoteric, and contemporary scientific secular worldviews that often conflict. Now, I know that's a mouthful. And I know that we need to get more nuanced when it comes to who are you going to force with a mandate to do shadow work? Somebody who's murdered somebody? Okay, I don't mind forcing that person because they forced their will upon somebody and ended their life and caused misery in their family. I don't mind forcing somebody like that. But if it's somebody who is simply waving around a Palestinian flag on campus, no. And that's not what um, Dana Pinchbeck was calling for. I also like the projecting a hologram rather than tearing down a mosque so you can build a a Jewish temple. I like these ideas. But the whole point of this is how do we make sure that we aren't letting the scary news and the drip feed from social media veer us off our actual course because we want to do this for our new selves in 2024. How do we ensure that that news isn't causing us to veer off course, stop disempowering yourself and believing that the information that arrives at you is beyond your control. You do have control, but you may have to deal with feeling a surge of emotions. That's really important. I read the news all the time. Why? Because I've found ways to handle it. And what I do is I take a big step back from it I let it settle, I process the emotions, and then I come to a more nuanced concept of how I can offer assistance, how my voice, how my ideas, and the way I see the world and speak to it, how that can offer assistance. If you cannot handle it, I used to say just turn the news off, but I would say now, if you want to watch the news, don't disempower yourself and say that the way that you're feeling is the news's fault. The Israel-Palestine conflict didn't make you angry. It caused for a surge of emotions and the path of least resistance in your neurology caused for that to express itself in anger or cause itself to express itself in depression, whatever it might be. Don't disempower yourself. I want to move into the third one, the psychedelics, psychotropics. I hear that this can really harm people, but I hear it can be really good. I wanna hop into it, but I don't know how to do it intelligently. I'm gonna share with you a few videos.
1: Here are three ways that you can experience the psychedelic powers of cannabis today. The first way is to eat mango before you connect with cannabis. Now what mango is going to do is allow Delta 9 THC to more efficiently and effectively cross the blood brain barrier. What that translates to is you're going to have a stronger effect as a result of eating mango before ingesting cannabis. Number two is to consume dark chocolate before you connect with cannabis. Now, dark chocolate also has an endocannabinoid in it called anandamide. And so by eating dark chocolate before you consume cannabis, you're going to potentiate the ability of anandamide to be accessed throughout your system. And number three is breathwork. So if you've never done cannabis and breathwork together, one thing to be aware of is that cannabis produces melatonin in the brain. And melatonin is a precursor to endogenous DMT and endogenous DMT is produced in one way anyways when we breathe through our lungs and so when you have more precursor on hand from which to translate into endogenous DMT the translation of this is you're going to have a much more profound and transcendental opportunity when you combine cannabis and breath work.
0: So that was Ryan Sprague. I had him on my podcast a while back and he's talking about how to potentiate cannabis use which for a lot of people it doesn't feel wildly psychedelic But if you take some mango, if you take some dark chocolate and do some breath work, it can. What I like about this is he really shows you how to break things down into threes, which is how I started this intro. When you do that, it just gives people a home for the information that's about to come. And for this one, if you want to step into the psychedelic realm, dabble with cannabis. Take a little bit of mango first. Take a little bit of dark chocolate. Do some breath work. You can find all this information on YouTube. When you do that, you're stepping deeper into that realm. If you want to do it to resolve some kind of, let's say, trauma or conflict that's going on, use cannabis. Step lightly into it. If you are like me, you're just going to go straight down to uh, South America and do ayahuasca. That is not really pretty for a lot of people. But I do want to say that there's other things other than psychedelics. Cannabis can be a tiptoe way in. MDMA can be a good way in. Another one is ketamine. Check this out.
1: Ketamine can work in three different ways that are very effective for treating pain and depression. The first way is that it increases the neural connections so that our brain and our spinal cord processes pain in a healthier way and decreases depression. The second way is that it resets our pain receptors. One of the things we see with chronic pain is that these receptors are turned on all the time. Ketamine is like hitting the circuit breaker. And then the third way is it decreases inflammation. With chronic pain and depression, there's this high inflammatory state within the central nervous system, as well as the peripheral nervous system.
0: And ketamine quiets all that down. So ketamine. A lot of people are talking about ketamine today and there is a lot of beautiful science around it i never actually really liked it until i went down to costa rica just a few weeks ago and i did it um, i did it along with mdma and um, some mushrooms it was one of the wildest most beautiful experiences and i had a an amazing chemist with me who gave me a bunch of supplements to make sure that i didn't feel like a wreck afterwards i wasn't fully depleted and I felt great. And it really was a beautiful reset for me. And I needed it emotionally. I really was tender at the moment and I needed it. Ketamine is another gentle way to step into it. It can rewire neurology if you're just dealing with chronic pain. It can help you process deep trauma and emotions. It can help you bounce out of depression and anxiety by reframing the world as well. It's not all physiological. It's sometimes purely psychological what it can do. It can cause you to see things outside of baseline consciousness. But my favorite is this woman talking about how it helped her integrate her shadow, not just get rid of it, look at it so you could throw it away. She appreciates how it actually makes her more of a sexy individual, by being balanced in the light and the shadow. Check this out.
1: I'm really happy with how I've been able to hold the light and the dark equally within myself and within the world and just have this understanding that they're both there and that they both exist and that they both will always exist. And I've really accepted my own darkness and it doesn't have to be this bad thing. It's just the dark side. It's just the dark side of the moon. It's just there. It doesn't, it just means what I want it to mean. And I think that is where this like more sexy energy for me lives. And it's been really useful to tap into that from that perspective, rather from the perspective of like, the dark is bad and evil and should be avoided. And it it also has helped me to embrace and accept all my own imperfections.
0: Really good words. And the last thing that I wanna say is meditation is probably the number one thing that you can do to tick off all those three boxes. How do you align your purpose with your income? How do you make sure that the scary news that's arriving at you isn't pulling you off your course? And how do you step into the psychedelic realm intelligently? Meditation, meditation, meditation. Here is something that I found really interesting on the Neurohacker Collective Instagram. Long-term meditators have brains that on average look seven to five years younger than non-meditators. There's so much more than just that that I would share with you. But let me just say, meditation is the number one thing I would suggest that you do daily. 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. You're really just going to be focusing on your posture a lot at first. But eventually, your mind is going to calm. And it's not going to be some idea or intellectual thing that you get out of it. That you're like, oh, yes, meditation gave me this intellectual thing. It's actually going to be a reset of your physiology. How you breathe how you relax your body but still hold an erect spine. These are very important for the little drip feeds of neurochemicals and hormones that eventually lead to your anxiety, your depression, your anger, you name it. The last thing that I want to show you is this. It's also from the Neurohacker Collective. Long hours spent staring at screens underworks panoramic vision predisposing us towards flight or fight sympathetic nervous system activity. What that means is we're so hyper-focused on this little window in front of our face that our peripheral or panoramic vision is starting to decrease. The problem with that is peripheral vision. You'd know this with EMDR where you look side to side As you're processing trauma and it helps you reset because looking to the periphery is something that you do when you're panicked and you're in fight-or-flight for some reason when you start losing your panoramic vision there's this effect to it it starts putting you deeper inside that sympathetic fight-or-flight nervous system why It's hard to really understand that, but there is science now showing us that if you're staring at a screen and it's right here, you're actually undermining your panoramic vision and it's causing for your nervous system to go into fight or flight when it shouldn't. These are all of my hacks, all of my tips for you to move gently, swiftly, and beautifully into 2024. I want you to be the you that you wish to be as you move into this world, this new world of 2024 as you move into 2024 be gentle with yourself understand that these changes take time but if you don't quit if you don't quit that ascension towards your goals little by little you'll come to realize whoa i've actually i I thought i was taking baby steps steps and i wouldn't get very far but i've gotten very far because i've done these baby steps for years now That's you in the future and your future self is calling you towards that goal. Please keep walking that path. I love you all. And I'll catch you all next time on The Awakening Protocols. Three plants that are really, really special to have in the bedroom. The snake plant, the money plant, and the areca palm. These three plants, when kept in the bedroom, emit oxygen through the night and just create a much more pleasant environment to sleep in. And sometimes even just two people sleeping in the same room can create a lot of carbon dioxide especially when the room is air conditioned and you know windows are shut. You Notice you will be breathing out carbon dioxide throughout the night and the way to get rid of that is have plants. Only one thing you have to remember is use a cloth to clean the leaves because the pores if they have got dust particles on it they are not doing their job. They are not breathing and therefore the carbon dioxide is not being.